Hello, hello, it's Brooke Devard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Thank you guys for coming back to listen for another week. I love sharing these episodes with you guys, and today's conversation with Pia is just incredible. Now, Pia is interesting because I have actually never met Pia in person, but we've talked a lot. We started DMing, and I just loved the way she thought about everything. I loved how authentic she was on social media, how she shared so transparently. And I've also had the opportunity to do her podcast, my episode of Everything is the Best, which is her show, actually live now. I will link to it in the show notes that came out last week. So it was really fun talking to her and being a guest on a podcast. I am so used to being the person answering the questions. So it was fun to kind of reverse it and answer a couple of her questions. And she had great questions. Her podcast is great. Definitely check it out. But yeah, she is pregnant now. She's due to give birth any day. And we just talked a lot about how much your body changes during pregnancy and psychologically what impact that has. And and I think it's something that a lot of women don't get to hear about until it happens to them. And I know that before I was pregnant, I had never really heard conversations with pregnant women talking about all of these changes and what happens. And so what I hope is that this episode is informative and inspiring to some of you who aren't yet pregnant, but want to be pregnant one day, or if you even don't want kids at all, but you just want to understand a little bit more about what that's like, this is great to listen to, but we talk about a ton of stuff. We talk about cosmetic surgery. We talk about clean beauty. We talk about her developing her business. She has her own brand, LPA. We talk about marriage. It's a great episode. I know you guys are going to love it. And stay tuned to the end. We have a beauty question. The beauty questions are back. I was traveling. I was in LA. I was not able to record when I was out there, but now I've got a ton of beauty questions in my inbox. If you have a beauty question that you want me to answer on the show, send me an email at nakedbeautypodcast at gmail.com, subject line beauty question, please. And let's get into the episode. I'm sure you guys know this by now, but I always ask my guests, what is the early 2000s jam that you want to play before your episode? And I love that she chose Monica. Monica is just an absolute classic. All right, let's get into the conversation with Pia. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, Pia Baranchini. Thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I've been watching your pregnancy journey and I followed you even before you were pregnant. But I feel like as we've been talking on DMs, we just have a lot in common in terms of just how we see the world. 
Yeah, I agree. I almost sent you like a ridiculous thing yesterday. And I was like, you know, what? I don't even need to trigger her. What my- was it? Another skinny pregnant woman? <laughs> it was like a very skinny pregnant woman. And she was in a dress that had like the tiniest straps. Oh God. That like my boobs would just like annihilate in two seconds. And I like, wanted to send it to you. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to let this pass. I'm not even going to make it, make it a thing. Now that I'm like post-pregnancy, I'm not as triggered by it. But when I was pregnant, I was such a large pregnant person. Like people would ask me if I was having twins. That happens to you? Every day. My brother, who I haven't seen in a year, just arrived. He's like a normal middle-aged naval captain. I haven't seen him in a year. He opened the front door and said, are you sure you're not having twins? Like first thing out of his mouth. (laughs) Everywhere I go, every day, twins. Yeah. That's the thing about pregnancy. Some people carry so small, like they just had like a large meal. And some people like you and I are massive <laughs> but like not in a bad way like i liked having a big pregnant belly i thought it was cute but it was just, i do too just different it's definitely different and i and i do think that the i guess i like kind of understand the charm of asking a stranger if they're like sure there's only one baby in there <laughs> it's like come on man yeah well you okay so you are an entrepreneur you're a creator you're a podcaster how do you like define yourself because you do so many things I don't know. And it all kind of happened by accident. I mean, first and foremost, I've always had a job. There's always like a normal job that like, so all the Instagram stuff has always been extra and like an accident that like happened totally naturally and accidentally. And I'm very thankful for it. But, you know, now we're really, yeah, there's like a lot of brands happening. There's LPA and then I'm raising money for another kind of like home brand. And then we do, my husband and I now have uh, Barancini Import and Co. So we're making olive oil and ceramics and aprons from Italy. And then we have his brand, which I'm a huge part of. And it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. How is it working with your husband? I mean, my husband and I are very close, obviously, through quarantine. We spend like every second of every day together, but working together must be different. We get very snappy sometimes. Like, he'll, you know what I always say is don't ask me my opinion if you don't want the answer. Because I'll be like, what do you think about this? And I'll be like, <laughs> I like the other one. And then I'll be like, well, I like this one. And I'm just like, fuck, did you ask me? <laughs> like, right. And there are times where we really were both like so Italian where we'll like, it'll be like a literally like a blowout five minute like screaming match. And not to brag, but most of the time he'll be like, you were right. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I've done this before. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're like, I have experience with this. For the most part, it's good. Like, I really like it. We really work well together. And I'm happy that also like full context, but your husband is like so much of like an experienced badass man. So I feel like it's a little bit different. Like David is really like, we're young. He's like really young. He's younger than me. Oh, really? And, like he learned. Wait, how English. old are you guys? I'm 34. He's 31. Oh, wow. And he learned English five years ago. Oh my God. So considering that contact, and he comes from a place where like no one's an entrepreneur besides like Giorgio Armani. And then the poor guy is around, you know, people I grew up with who like started Sweet Green. And he's just like, wait, what? So like how so all those like little steps in between are frustrating and hard and confusing. And it's and so I think like there's a lot of like emotional distress that happens there that can be really hard just with us doing it together. But I don't think we could do any of it without each other. That's really sweet. I like always admire couples that can work together. It's like a whole other cylinder of a relationship. And I love everything you share about your relationship. I find it like, so, so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. So 
Pia, where did you grow up and like kind of what was your understanding of beauty growing up? I grew up in Pasadena, which is a suburb 15 minutes outside of downtown LA, like 30 minutes, no traffic to West Hollywood. My mom is really funny because she's super like bougie and ladylike, but she never spent money on anything that was expensive. Like my mom never had a bag. My mom never got her hair done. My mom never bought fancy makeup. She was always did her own nails and she always did her own hair. And she always had like a full smoky eye on every day, but it was with like drugstore makeup. She never had anything. So it was weird. Like when I started being really into makeup and would go to the makeup counters and be like, Ooh, can I have like a Chanel sample? She'd be like, we don't wear that. Like what? Where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, I would sit and like watch her at her vanity, which is funny because now it's my vanity, but I would like sit and watch her, like put on her, her eyebrows and like put on her smoky eye and like paint her nails. And so she always gave me like a really intense respect for like, you know, looking respectable. Yes. And and pulled together, which I think is, it's an interesting lesson that I, I don't know if it's being maintained from generation to generation because I ran out today for coffee and I was, I wore sneakers and what I was sleeping in with a coat over it. <laughs> and that is just not... And also New York is, ugh, I want to say New York is like, cause nobody, my, my husband's like, girls in LA do not want to get laid. The way, the way that they dress. <laughs> He's like, these girls are like not trying to get boyfriends or girlfriends. He's like, it's crazy. But I, but I feel like in New York, you could totally get away with doing that and still look cool. Yes. There's like a cool factor in New York. Yeah. I think a great coat can conceal a lot, but 100%. I do love, and I, I feel it like, especially when I travel, when I go to Paris or when I go to Italy and you see people so beautifully put together. And I think there's something that, I mean, now it's quarantine, but I think there's something nice about like getting dressed and having your outfit for the day for your errands and like looking nice. Oh yeah. He gets, my husband will get fully dressed, cologne, whole thing to just go downstairs to do his desk. <laughs> That's great. That's like, we should all aspire to be like Davide. In that <laughs> He's gotten more, way more casual in his style during the course of this year, for sure. And now having a girl, which I never thought I would be a girl mom, just because I had so many brothers and a dad I was close to. So I'm buying like the girliest stuff for her. I love that. And I'm like, listen, if she at any point says, I don't want this, like I want to dress a to I mean, I went through crazy tomboy phases where I only wore my brother's clothes. Like I've been through all, I was like punk rock when I was in eighth grade. Like I've been through all the stages, but regardless, I'm like, oh, I'm really like gravitating towards having her feel like respectable in an outfit. Yeah. I thought I was going to have a girl and then I have a boy and now I love having a boy, but it is interesting how you have this like idea in your head and then you get what you get. I know you had like, you were very open about the fact that you had complications in terms of getting pregnant. What has it been like one to share that so publicly and what has the feedback been from people? And then, you know, once you finally found out that you were pregnant, how did it feel after having gone through everything? Well, my story is like so minor in comparison. Like I'd be like, oh, I had a miscarriage. And like, this is really hard. And then like a girl from high school would DM me and be like, yeah, I'm on my like fourth miscarriage. It's been like five years. And I'm like, what? Like, and, and that was all day, every day. So that's why when the podcast launched, I went really hard into sharing and fertility stuff. So I could just give women access to information because 
and then I felt very duped. Then I was told I needed IVF. Now the whole thing, I've just felt, I had like really bad doctor experiences. I felt really lost and I felt really excited about IVF. Then I felt like I was being sold something. And now I'm so happy. I'm seeing so many journeys on Instagram and I'm just hoping that everyone's just, it's nice that everyone's sharing information because I mean, there are so many women who follow me who have then found like a, a Lisa Vitti who I have on the podcast all the time. And they're like, oh, I started doing her cycle syncing protocol and I regulated my period. And I was realized when I was ovulating and then I got pregnant and you know my hormonal issues went away. And I just think there's really sometimes can be like very small changes that can be made. And so I'm like so honored to be even kind of in a little bit of someone's journey to finding like an answer that has allowed them to even just feel better. I mean, I'm always big on sharing. So, and then the moment I got pregnant was when I was like, you know what? I don't want a baby. Like this is getting really challenging and I'm just going to focus on my husband. And I remember going to a friend's house and they have two kids and our other friend came with two kids. And I was like drinking my cocktail. And I was like, looking at all these kids running around. And I was like, honestly, I don't know what we were in a rush for. This shit looks crazy. And then like two weeks later, <laughs> I found it. I was pregnant. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, that turned. And then I think it hit me so hard feeling so sick right away and not being capable of my usual work mm. was this like a hundred miles into a wall. Like your life is not your own anymore. You got to figure out how to pivot. Things are going to be difficult because it's not like, oh, this has an end. It's like, well, then she's here. (laughs) Right. And that first trimester tiredness, like those first 10 to 12, maybe 14 weeks, the exhaustion is next level. At least for me, it was. And then no one talks about that because you don't tell anyone that you're pregnant. Right. Usually until you're over that stage. And then you're in the blissed out sharing happiness and joy phase and you forgot that you wanted to die for 15 weeks. <laughs> right. And, and so that was then something I got asked a lot, like, but wait, like now you're working out and you look so joyful. Like what was your, and so that the other day I posted something. I was like, on oh, my first time it was awful. And it wasn't even hor- like, did you, were you physically throwing up? No, I was not. Thankfully. Thankfully me neither, but I was still debilitatingly nauseous. And I can't imagine women that I know who wake up and are like physically ill all day. I know. It's it's actually amazing what women's bodies go through to create a child. So I want to talk about some of the physical changes that you experience. And <laughs> I think you, you said something so interesting about like your pre-pregnancy vanity, right? And like coming to terms with that. So tell me a little bit more. You know, when you like do something to your skin and you're like, ooh, that's working. And then you're just like, ooh, wait. And you like hit the mirror and you're like, ooh, like my cheekbones are popping a little, you know, like... I had like just gotten like the best Botox ever in the last like two years that, you know, it was like all these little things where I was like, oh, like I just feel like I've had my acne under control and my melasma was under control. And I just, it's so funny because I lived in New York for 10 years and like went hard into like being a cool New York chick who like never wore makeup out and like had greasy hair and like never wore a bra and like my baggy shirts. And it was like, you know, I just like, would like roll out of bed and like go to lit on like a Wednesday. (laughs) And that was like, so cool. And, and I'm also like older now too. So, and more face forward in like what I do. So, and I think LA just like has that effect on you where there are like so many 
doctors and I know. like facials. I'm like worried about that if I move to LA. Like, am I going to become obsessed with like doing stuff to my face? It's like easy because then you're like, go have lunch with someone and they're like, wow, you look really good. And you're like, dude, I did this like weird thing. And you're like, oh my God, I have to have that thing. You know, I like was in that moment. And now, I mean, like my skin is so many different colors. And then I noticed, I noticed in, I found out I was pregnant in like September. And then I noticed the end of November, my Botox had fully gone away. And there was this crease in my eyelid right here because, you know, my eyebrow used to be like (laughs) a quarter of an inch higher (laughs) than it is now. And I was like, whoa, that looks so different. And my husband was like, what are you talking about? Like, he was like, you're a freak. And I was like, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, my face looks different. And he was like, you look beautiful. Like it doesn't. So it's this very weird thing. And I think at some point, I'm sure lots of people come to this moment where you're like, how does my vanity compare to like what my partner finds beautiful also? And like, who are you really doing it for? Which was majorly, I've had like so many interesting come to Jesus moments with my beauty stuff. And and there really isn't anything that you can do while you're pregnant. So you just have to like lean in. I don't, did you, did your face change a lot? What did anything happen to you where you were like, Ooh, I gained so much weight. I want to say I gained 70 pounds. I gained 70 pounds. I'm thinking (laughs) like the total, the number. But I was big. I was my biggest when I started because of the fertility stuff. You know, what's so interesting, Pia. I think that as women and maybe some men, But I think that oftentimes, especially like we're around the same age, we grew up with like diet culture. We grew up with like Us Weekly and all of those toxic magazines being like, this is what I eat in a day. And then like a nutritionist breaking it down. And like we saw Lindsay Lohan like shrivel down to nothing and Nicole Richie and like all of those. Like I think that when we were coming of age, there was such an emphasis on being skinny, skinny, skinny. And I kind of love that like for Gen Z now, it's like about the big butt and the curves because I think that's great. I well, but but maybe if you're super skinny naturally, then you see that and you feel like that's unattainable. One hundred percent. But speaking for myself, I think in my head I always had this number that I was like, I never want to see this number on the scale. Like I always want to stay as long as I'm under this number, everything's okay. And then you get pregnant, and that just goes out the window because the numbers are going up, up, and up. And even if you don't weigh yourself, you still have to go to the doctor and hear the number. So. <laughs> I feel like it, it's been like a good lesson for me in terms of like honest body positivity, right? Because like body positivity is like a trend, but like truly like being like, okay, my body is has a purpose beyond just looking good or fitting into a certain size. And I think it's also really hard. Did you have any friends who were pregnant at the same time? One friend, but she was like one of the skinny pregnant women. And now she's got like a six pack and I'm like, get out of here. I know. And then one of my friends, I just this last couple of weeks had to... Actually, I had to have like a moment with my midwife and my husband. I like hurt myself working out. And they were like, you have two months left of your pregnancy. You wake up and you're like, we understand that like there's not a lot we can do about work stuff, but like you're going way too hard. And I had to have a moment. Oh my God, it almost makes me cry. Where I was just like, I can't be pregnant with a daughter and talk shit about my body to myself. I just can't. And like, I eat so healthy for being pregnant and I walk and I stretch and I'm dry brushing because it makes me feel good. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm doing things that are making me genuinely feel really good. And then I feel really good on the weekends when I like shovel pizza and a burger in the same day, you know, all of it's like equally like soul fulfilling, you know? And I was like, this is it. And you, I was like, you have two months left. 
really just enjoy it. And like, don't even give her that energy. And then a friend of mine who's like a foot taller than me texted me yesterday and said, just so you know, I'm your same weight. Like, I just want to die all day. Like, are my legs ever going to get thin again? And I'm like, okay, you know, you're like a foot taller than me. So like that weight on you is definitely different than it is on me. And I, (laughs) and she's like, let's be accountable for each other after this. And I said, you know what? Post birth, I really am going to focus on my mental sanity and well-being. And I know that my body will go back to where it needs to go when the time is right. And I'm not going to like focus on anything else. I'm going to eat healthy so I can produce milk. Like I'm going to like, and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's really hard to go back and forth between, oh my God, this is my body. And oh my God, I'm creating life. Who cares? But that's what we as pregnant women have to go through, especially if you've been conditioned all of your life to prioritize keeping your body a certain size. And I think I I actually, I did a poll on my Naked Beauty account where I asked people, what's like your biggest fear about pregnancy? And it wasn't delivery. It wasn't, am I going to be a good parent? It was, what's going to happen to my body and will it ever recover? Mm -hmm. You know what else? I, I don't know of you and your husband have had this conversation about what it's like in Turkey, but like Davide, he also said to me a couple of times, like, it's really hard on him when I'm like, God, like how big my thighs are. Like, Oh my God, I'm huge. Like it, he, it, like it affects him, especially because he's like, you're carrying my child. <laughs> like, like how in your mind are you looking at your body and not thinking like our daughter is coming? Like, why are you looking at your thighs? And he's like, also, have I ever made you feel anything other than totally like, He's like, I love this. Like, this is my kind of body. Like, I don't. And then I was like, and then I asked him, I was like, well, what do you like? How do you say like chubby or like fat in Italian? And he's like, there isn't a word for that. Like, no one ever said she's fat or I'm fat growing. I never heard a girl say that. I was like, I grew up so different than you. Yes. And there is something very beautiful about the pregnant body. Like, do you just have moments where you look at your, in your full length mirror and you're just like, wow, like I am Madonna carrying child. 100%. My boobs are freaking me out a little bit, I have to say. Because they're so big. You know what? They're big. Even after you deliver, they're like really big for like maybe the first like month and a half. And then sadly, they go back. They got like pancakey right away. And my nipples got so big. And I was just like, and my girlfriend yesterday was like, they go back. So like, it's fine. Yes. But I was like, whoa, how weird. Like, I was like, like, I like, you know what I did? My girlfriend sent me a photo of my bachelorette. I'm in Cabo. I have like a stupid bride crown on. We're at the house that we rented. I'm topless and I have a joint in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going, and I have like, I'm holding a peace sign, like with a sarong on, like, and she was like, ah, I missed this Pia or something. And I was like, whoa, my boobs looked awesome. And I yeah. walked downstairs and I propped the photo up next to like in the kitchen on like a coffee cup. And I took my shirt off in front of my mom and my husband. And I was like, look, and they were both like, my mom was like, yeah, wow. Wow. Those look really different. Like- That's so funny. But isn't it funny how we look back at old pictures and we realize like how good we looked? It's like, and you wow. thought you were fat in that photo. Yeah. Like, oh, what was I even upset about? I looked great then. Cannot believe I was upset at any point in my life before this. I know. What a selfish asshole. And then I'll look back on this and be like, you were a beautiful pregnant person who made 
a child. Why were you thinking about that for one second while you were pregnant? Of course. Well, what's it like running a fashion brand like while pregnant? Like LPA is great. When did you start LPA? Five years ago. And how did you even know it was something that you could do? I had been working in fashion for a really long time in New York. And then I worked at People's Revolution. With Kelly Catrone? I lived there in that building because I couldn't afford an apartment. Oh my God. Yeah, I lived above her room in her apartment because the sh- the office was the third floor or like the second floor. It was like one floor was the office, one floor was her apartment, and then the floor above was the showroom. And I lived in the back of the showroom oh, wow. for almost a year. And I was just like, I'm in between places. I might move back to LA. And she's like, you can live here for free. Like, don't worry about it. Which was cool because I like lived in Soho. Yeah. And just like ate at Lucky Strike every night because I didn't have a kitchen. I, at that time, I wasn't even, I was like, I had a great body. But, you know, I couldn't fit in any of the samples. That, like some of the a few I could, but a lot of them were really tight. So I always felt like, ugh, it was always like, oh, like I was like the chubby girl in fashion, even <laughs> though I was like a six. That's like how I always felt. That is ridiculous. And then... I worked at Reformation for a long time when it first started and there was like four employees. When it was at its peak, I remember when Reformation hit, it was like everything. Like if you didn't have a Reformation dress, like game over. Especially like the vintage one of a kind pieces that like Brianna would make. Like Yes. It was, and just, you could just see like a girl walking down the street and like this like backless thing yes. that was so beautiful. And those first, because... It was such limited. I, I, I feel like it was like some of the things were only like two sizes. It was like, you know, a small, medium and an ML. Oh, yeah. It was it was like really hard to get. Yeah. And that was literally just because there was like three people making the garments in like a factory in downtown LA. It was just capacity. It was just bandwidth. And like oh, most of those MLs wouldn't fit me. That was really hard on me. And then the brand grew so intensely and the sizes, you know, made more sense and like expanded. And, and then I started designing, I was doing PR and marketing stuff for her. And then one day she was like, you have good taste, like in, in clothes. Why don't you start sitting in on the design meetings? And so I did. And then I became one of the designers at Reformation. Oh, I never knew that. That's so cool. And for like five years. Oh, I, I honestly, I don't know why I didn't know that about you, but that's really cool. I started the Instagram. I started the rest babe hashtag. <laughs> oh my God. You are a little marketing genius. <laughs> marketing genius. I love it. And then I like also, then I moved out and then I also like worked at the store and would design stuff. So it was really cool because I would see girls try on clothes and I could give like direct feedback and then I could post them in trying on stuff in the store. And I'd be like, oh, so-and-so's in the store wearing that. You know, it was like a very cool... And then I got a job at Zara and was about to move to Spain and work for Zara. And Risa from Revolve came to me and said, I know we've never met, but I follow you on Instagram. I saw you are going to go to Zara. Like We're really ramping up our private label brands and we'd love for, for you to do one with us. So that's how it's like LPAs through Revolve. And like even at that point where I like felt so confident in what I was doing at Reformation, I was like, oh my God, like, is this going to be good enough? Like, is this going to be cool? And it was, it was like LP when it first launched. It's like, you know, the market's totally changed in five years. So, but like when it first launched, it was really, I was like, oh, like I look back at like those first photo shoots 
So now we do monthly shoots, but those like really editorial first shoots, I was like, yeah. those are, I'm so proud of that like body of work. And I still am, but I'm also older now, you know, <laughs> like, so the whole like smoking cigs at a party vibe, <laughs> <laughs> which is like what the brand was when it launched was like a super party brand is definitely. So now I'm like aprons. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to ask, do you think the brand is going to evolve like with you? Like, will you do like nursing friendly tops and like, or do you feel, feel like the LPA customer is kind of solidified and you'll still continue to serve her? I feel like the LPA customer is really solidified. I do know that she does want an apron. So there will be cute, we're going to do cute aprons and like some home stuff after September for sure. Because I think just a lot of people are getting used to being inside and have like found their domestic goddess within during quarantine. But our customer still like loves a short dress and like loves a party moment. And I'm not going to take that away from her. Well, you are someone that shares a lot of your life on social media. And one thing that I really appreciate you as a white woman is you always call out like racism. You always also call out your, well, I shouldn't say fellow influencers, but other <laughs> white influencers, I don't want to put you in their peer group, but that are silent when issues of race come out. And I remember this summer during like kind of the Black Lives Matter movement or the, I would say, you know, renewed interest in talking about racial justice after George Floyd was murdered. I did definitely pay attention to who was vocal and who wasn't. Um, And it seemed like you were paying attention to what one makes you feel like it's so important to use your platform to speak out about racial injustice. And then two, why do you think there are, and I'm, you know, maybe you can't get into their heads, but just try. Why do you think there are so many influencers that are afraid to speak out or, or indifferent and don't speak out? I think the conjunction of me getting married, wanting to get pregnant, thinking about the kind of child I want to raise in conjunction with, with George Floyd and BLM, this, like, I found that my conversations at home and with like my closest friends were very disappointing. Like I'm liberal, but, and I was like, okay, well, that's not how that word works. <laughs> so we found ourselves having my husband and I having very difficult conversations with people we were very close to at home. That was really hard. And I still do post things sometimes where my friends will say like, well, that was that about me or, you know, and I'm like, why are you feeling defensive? Like, do you feel like you're not like, you know, like it's just, and then it like made me realize a lot of like how I grew up or like everyone that I grew up with, like had like a Mexican nanny and like, and then had like husbands and fathers who were like very Republican and like definitely voting against any sort of right that that woman had who was like raising their children. And so that really swirled in my head. And then in terms of like, you know, like we gift LPA clothes all the time because I need the content. And I, but I've always said this, like LPA has always been really diverse. And I remember years ago, somebody being like, you have a really diverse website. And I was like, do you walk into a room and see only skinny white women? I don't. There's no room that I've walked into ever that's been only skinny white women. We live in a diverse, multicultural country. And it's small pockets of these people who don't see that. I've only lived in metropolitan areas. And I've, I'm traveled. Like I have friends that I grew up with who've only been to Hawaii or Cabo. And like <laughs> Cabo is Newport Beach. So how can you have empathy for other people? Like, it's just like the whole world is dealing with 
you know, you have to like get out of your comfort zone and like see how other people live and like live with empathy. So we've always been really diverse. That's always been really important to me. And then in terms of like gifting, I've always said, and maybe we think about other influencers because it'll be like, oh, who do you want these clothes on? And I'm like, well, I want them on, I want them on girls who, who have a perspective and who are, I don't care if that girl has a million followers. Like she writes like hash, puts like 80 hashtags on her. Like she, the girl just doesn't stand for anything. And so that was always really important to me. And it's like, I'm flat out, just like, I'm over it. Like if you're not, you know, I want like cool, interesting women in the clothes and then I just was so disappointed. And, and, and the thing is, is I under, I I understand that it's scary because what's really scary is how much of America like is scary. (laughs) And like, was like very into Trump, you know, had thoughts and ideas that were like the opposite of mine. So when you do it, like, you know, as like a white woman with a, with a fashion brand, if I say something like what Trump is doing is fucking ridiculous. There's a good chance. A lot of people who follow me are going to be very confused by that. But like, you know, you're like a black woman. So it's not like if you're talking about race on your Instagram, people are going to be like offended or defend their whiteness. It was very much like, if you are a white person, you have a lot of white followers and a lot of those white followers are probably pretty prejudiced. And so you're losing your followers. You're isolating a group of people. And I noticed it on the LPA Instagram where I had to like stop comments. I mean, it was really crazy. Wow. And so I understand certain women not saying anything because they don't want to lose their followers. But it's like, are those the kind of people you want fucking liking your photos? Who fucking gives a shit? Exactly. So I don't know. It's just, it, it was like a lot at once with, for everyone. And then it was really hard for me with, a lot of my friends. And, and, you know, I talk about that often about like, then who's helping you raise your children, but I'm providing a job. Okay. You are. And I get that too, you know, and, but it's like, Dobby and I talk about it all the time. What kind of family trips do we want to take? You know, we just went on a baby moon. We like took a long, hard <laughs> travel day to go to the middle of Mexico to be like integrated. I wanted to go somewhere where we felt like we were integrated in a city. We were seeing the culture and seeing the people. And we weren't like at a resort being served by the people who live there. And I, I remember like laying in the, in the pool with him and being like, fuck yes for us. And like, fuck yes for our daughter. She's going to go on the coolest trips and she's going to have so much empathy and she's going to like see how the world works. And she's not going to like order chicken fingers from like a staff person anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you're like, it's like that country club life, which I also appreciate, but it's like teacher kid. Like it's... Yeah. That's, that's kind of the slight issue I have with Tulum. Like I... I got engaged in Tulum in 2014. Tulum was so different. Very different. And I, I, I get why people like to go, but you, you go there and you realize like you're in Mexico, but you're not in Mexico, right? Like you're, you're in this like manufactured version for... My problem with Cabo. Yeah. And we went for our bachelor, for my bachelorette because it made sense and it was great. But I remember being like, there's a Home Depot here. <laughs> There is a huge contingency of human beings from Newport Beach. Every white person would be like, oh, we're, I'm from Newport Beach. I'm from New- okay, Newport Beach is filled with Trump flags. Right. Filled. They had Trump parades nonstop all before the election. There were Trump like pop-up shops everywhere. So if you want this man to build a wall, why are you partying in Mexico? Yeah. Because it's cheap 
Like this is fundamentally fucked up to me. I totally agree. Like, and it was so much of like, woof, like, okay. And, and Davide being like, listen, like, I love you and I love your friends and I love your family, of course. But like, to say that you didn't grow up like a very privileged white woman would be very wrong. He's like, you are lucky. You have a lot of empathy. You moved away when you were 18. You traveled a lot into cool places. You've done like good things with your life. He's like, you need to like admit where you're from and then just do better moving forward forever. Like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so it was just a lot of like internal conversations about how we want our daughter to be. And then making sure that we're living a life that is, you know, reflects that. And you've also said that you will not be sharing any photos of your daughter on Instagram. <laughs> now, I have to admit to you, when I was pregnant, so I was obviously pregnant during this pandemic and no one saw me above how you're seeing me now. It was like everything was from the chest up. So I was like really, really pregnant before I told anyone at work. And I think at like maybe like the five month mark, I just like told my husband, I was like, maybe I'll just like have the baby. Like, you know, like I'll tell my direct manager, but like, I don't need, maybe I just won't even do a pregnancy announcement. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, like, as someone who I also share a lot of my life and everything that's happening, I was like, okay, like I, this is like a weird, it was like, why am I keeping it a secret? So I shared it. And then I was like, you know, sharing my gestational diabetes journey and all of that. Now with Mavi, he's like such a big part of my life and I'm obsessed. So beautiful. I, I like look forward to seeing him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it's like, you become obsessed with something because it's a part of your life. So like, I personally couldn't imagine not sharing, but I also respect and understand mothers who choose not to share. So tell me about your decision not to share any pictures of your daughter. I'm just going to do like a neck down situation. Okay. Yeah. Here's her cute outfit today. Like I'm down to do that kind of stuff. I, when Davide and I first started dating, he had a weird relationship with Instagram. Thank God he had it because it's how we met, but he had a really weird relationship with Instagram. He was working for Brunello Cuccinelli, which oh, is a very private I'm, company. But I'm also obsessed. I mean, it is the most expensive. Sometimes I find it on the real real and I'm like, And it's yes. still expensive. And it's still expensive on the real real. <laughs> but that is one of the... My mom loves Brunello Cuccinelli and I, I can remember... Oh, your mom is a very... I could see her in like the beautiful... The women's clothes are so... Gorgeous. And they do have outlets. But anyway, okay. So he was working for them. Yeah, they have out. But the outlets are so crazy. But he he gave up his job like working with Brunette. Like we were supposed to move to Solomeo to the headquarters. Like he was like, move here with me. Like we'll have a house and live this Italian dream. And I was just like, mm, I don't think I can like live in a town of 200 people for the rest of my life. But the company, especially because it's publicly owned, they're now that they're public, is um was very private. And he was a huge part of, you know, Brunello has his like Brunello men and he was one of them. And, and so we had this like really private, like, you know, the few photos he would post on Instagram were just like him at Pitti and his, you know, street style shot and his like eight jackets and four sweaters and (laughs) (laughs) and, and then here I am like, there's what I ate today. Like I'm emotional. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he was just like, whoa, like, oh my God. Like, you know, like I would post that I would be with him and he would just be like inundated with random people or like a girl he had dated recently would be like, you're with her. You know, it was, he was just felt like his privacy was violated. Yeah. And now obviously he's like, now he runs his own Instagram and he's like so good. And to even say, I was like, you're so good at your Instagram. But he, when we first started dating, literally said, if we ever have a kid, I hope you know it's not going on Instagram. 
And I was like, what do you mean? Like that's everyone wants to share their child. Like it's like your pride and joy. Right. He just said no. And then over the course of the years, it made so much sense to me not to, it just was this decision that, that just settled really nicely into my gut that that was something that was important to me. I think probably a lot of it has to do with my insecurities growing up and being judged for my looks and weight stuff. And I'm just like, God, what if she can just like be pure and not have to worry about it? You know, like what if, what if she could have an existence where people weren't like, look at, Oh, they gave birth. Look at what she looks like and talk about it. And, you know, I was just like, Oh, it might be so nice for her to like exist here privately. I want to talk about your approach to skincare because I feel like you're like a clean beauty girl, but you also love some like good clinical skincare. Would you say your approach to beauty and like skincare is more like on the clean side or are you like there for like the chemicals when they're effective and do this? Yeah, I'm definitely like, I mean, every day I'm 100% clean, which I did a while ago and it really came out of my conversations with various doctors as to like, what can we all do to make sure that we don't get autoimmune or avoid this or that? And, and, or what can we do to regulate hormones or like, why are girls getting their periods younger? What? And every answer was it's our environment. It's our environment. It's our environment. It's our environment. It's chemicals in your house. It's chemicals on your body. It's just, God damn it. Like, you know, when you hear it enough. So, and thank God there's so many cool, clean brands now. So that's like, if this was 10 years ago, I would be a weird outlier. But once I'm done breastfeeding, like I'm getting a chemical peel immediately, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not doing it all the time. So I feel like that's, it's the same way I approach like food. It's like 80% of the time I eat really well. And 20% of the time I eat for what makes me feel good in my soul. And I think if you just keep that combo, otherwise, you know, but I'm, I mean, I love a treatment. Yeah. Treatments are great. Um, I feel like I miss them. Um, what are, what are some of your favorite skincare brands? I love Fortuna. It's so bougie, but it's just like so yummy. And I love the founder and it's like all from Sicily, which obviously I have like a affinity for my husband being from there. (laughs) You sent me some great things from them. What's, what's your favorite product from Fortuna? The serum. I love that serum. Yeah. And and before I was pregnant, it was so effective. I mean, now there's really nothing that can battle this. Someone sent me, I think her name is Dr. Ko, sent me a really amazing pregnancy safe retinol, which I don't know how that's possible, but I've been using that. I also really love Sunday Riley. Okay. People love Sunday Riley. Like it was like sent to me and I was like, oh, I see this brand everywhere. And then I was like, well, it's really expensive. I should use. And then I was like, whoa. Like this stuff is awesome. I love Ola Hendrickson stuff. I honestly love all the goop products. I really like the goop vitamin C with hyaluronic. I like really love. And then more on the clinical side, but they do have a lot of pregnancy safe stuff. Dr. Janice Gross, I love. Mm-hmm. Me too. The little peel pads are really, really great. Yeah. People are obsessed. And that expensive mask. I love that expensive mask. It worked and it was working so much that it was like where the probes are in the mask. You can see I had like dots on my forehead because it was like working on the melasma so well, but everywhere it would stay. (laughs) I think those are my favorites. What would you say are like your top favorite beauty products? It could be like hair, it could be makeup. We didn't even talk about makeup, fragrance. Like what are your like, these are my holy grail products. 
so hair crown affair, the deep conditioning mask is the best thing on the planet. What's in it? I have no clue, but it's clean. And it is just like this. Yeah. I mean, my hair is like so soft and shiny. Yeah. Your hair looks great. Also, I'm pregnant. So, you know, it's like pregnancy (laughs) hair. It's like not fair. And then I love that. And then they just came out with a dry shampoo, which I can't wait to try because that obviously is non-toxic. So I'm excited to have like a non-toxic dry shampoo to use. For shampoo and conditioner, I've just been using Beauty Counter and I'm shocked at how wonderful it is. Not that Beauty Counter is not great, but... And then I love... Say makes like a tinted moisturizer. Mm -hmm. It's the slip, the slip cover. Man, that's nice. Yeah, it's great. I wish it had SPF in it though. Like I does. Oh, oh, the new one. The new one has SPF like four thirty five twenty four. Yes, okay, has SPF in it, which is why I use it. I hate that I love it because it's expensive, but Westman Atelier. Oh yeah, her products are good. Yeah, what do you like? What do you like from from her? The concealer is the closest I've found to like a Clédipo moment of a clean concealer. Oh, have you tried the Kosas concealer though? That's my obsession. Yes, I like it, but sometimes it can get really dry under my eyes. Oh, interesting. I find it to be like a very hydrating formula, but you know, everyone's different. Like there will be a mascara that I love, and I tell someone else, and they're like, "That's literally the worst mascara." <laughs> I, uh, but I have, but I have it and I, maybe I just need to like use it differently. I also probably put too much of it on. So I love that. I love honestly, like all, all the, like it's Kosas, it's Ilya, like any of the Ilya stuff. I love any of the, of the Westman Atelier stuff. I love so much. And then yeah, skincare has just really been like for tuna. And like, I really like the now that I'm on this like full retinol stuff, but between like Dennis Gross, those pads, and then the glycolic, the um, good jeans from Sunday Riley, like it's worth it. Yeah. People love that product. It's just, and then you can use the glycolic when you're pregnant. So I was using that before I started the that retinol, but like, it's just a great product. And then the new Fortuna just came out with an eye cream and that stuff is awesome. Oh, wow. I'll have to try that. And The Ordinary makes an eye cream that I love. Sorry to interrupt you. That has caffeine in it. Oh, okay. And it makes your eyes just go boop. And it's like $5. Wow. Yeah. You can't beat the price point of of The Ordinary. What's your biggest beauty mistake or regret? Like looking back, like something you just wish you hadn't done. I mean, so many unfortunate moments. Because I really experimented. (laughs) (laughs) Like I did a lot. Like probably when I like plucked all my eyebrows off. I was like nine. I was really young, maybe 11 at the most. I plucked them like half like off. And my mom made me sign a contract that I could get my ears pierced if I never touched my eyebrows again. <laughs> very smart of your mom. I like that. Dying my hair blonde also really, it's like you feel so cool when it's blonde. And then everyone afterwards is like, don't ever dye your hair blonde. Because it took me like five years to get it to healthy again. Yeah. I was like dying it and getting extension. That's also like... I think it's like all the lame shit that I did for a while where I got like really LA when it was like, I had like my nails done, like and eyelash extensions, like and hair extensions. And you're just like, that's also my new rule. Even, even way before I got pregnant, like a couple of years before where I was like, okay, if I have Botox and some lip injections, like I can't also have hair extensions and eyelashes. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> then where does it end? 
<laughs> so I was just like making sure that I had like only like a small percentage of things on my body that were fake. I love that. But you know what? I have to say your lip injections look very natural. I didn't even realize they were lip injections. I think you did like a thing with your mom where she like called out that you had <laughs> lip injections. But they look so natural. Well, they're really big now. Like I, I was looking back at photos from last year too. And my husband and I were both like, damn, like it, they look better when they're smaller. Like they're too, they could look a little ducky. Now. Yeah, my lips and my boobs are fake. Oh, wow. Wow. When did you decide to get the breast implants? Probably like four years ago. My weight has fluctuated, you know, 30 to 50 pounds since I was 12. And my boobs were never on the bigger side. They were perfectly small for a really long time. But as my weight fluctuated, they got really deflated. Like my mom is such a good normal reference. Like she's very natural. And I remember one day being like, what do you think? She was like, I look, they look like they looked after I had kids. Like, and you don't have kids yet. So if it's something that makes you feel insecure about yourself, then we had like a family friend who was like, I'll give you a deal. <laughs> was it painful? Like the, the recovery time and all of that? What's painful is feeling the muscles expand on your chest. Like your body's just a, the same way when you're pregnant, your body's like adjusting to new things. Mm -hmm. So I would forget like, and so using your arms hurts anything that would like attach to your pectoral muscle. So like anytime I would forget and like close a car door, I would just be like, Oh, oh wow. like shooting pain. And then, and then a few weeks after I had them done, my doctor had me sleep with this thing on my chest. to so like literally like push them down and that hurt. That like really just, you know, it's just like the soreness of the muscles. But no, it was totally doable. I went to work like the next day. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and I love that you brought up giving up eyelash extensions because I always say on this podcast, eyelash extensions are like an addiction cycle. Like you get used to seeing your eyes with the eyelash extensions and then you take them off and you think you don't look good with them. And it's just like, that's normal. You Like I feel like it adjusts your perception of like, your face in a weird way. Have you noticed how like just normal people in real life wear like crazy fake eyelashes during the day now? Oh, I see it every day. It's a very concerning trend. It's so concerning. I saw a girl at the airport the other day from like a mile away. She had the fakest, longest eyelashes up to her. I guess I'm noticing it now too because like everyone has masks on. I'm just seeing people's faces or seeing people's eyes. So I'm like, just use like a serum, <laughs> like work on like same thing with my hair. Like I've got hair extensions for so long. And then I was like, I just want to focus on making sure that my hair is the best, you know, rather than because, yeah, my hair will always feel thin and shitty if I'm constantly putting extensions in it. Yeah. So, OK, Pia, when's your due date? June 1st or two months away. Are you nervous? I'm upset that her room isn't done at all. Oh, you've got so much time. My The room wasn't done until I'd say like truly done like three or four weeks before delivery. And That's all four weeks from now. And no, her room is on someone else's room right now. Like my mom needs to move into the front room. Okay. Like a lot of stuff needs to happen to get her room ready. You'll be fine. It'll be so fine. All you need is like a car seat and like a bassinet. I have both of those. I know. Then I was like, I have all the things that I need for when she comes. Yes. And are you feeling prepared for labor and delivery? Yes. I have a midwife. She comes over every Monday and we watch her videos. You can buy them. She has a whole series. What's her name? Her name is Elizabeth Bachner. She owns Graceful Birthing Center. I'm giving birth at the hospital. Or, you know, I know that this none of this can happen the way that I have it in my head. 
But in a dream scenario, we labor here for as long as possible. And then we all go to the hospital together. Yeah, that was my plan, but it didn't happen. And what happened? Well, I was like taking hypnobirthing courses and I was like, I want to do as much of my labor at home and then get to the hospital (laughs) and deliver naturally. And I was induced. And then the contractions were pretty strong for me. And I decided to get an epidural. But I mean, the option is there if you want it. Yeah. So that's, I'm like, why am I going to try to force something where I'm like in severe pain and it's not pleasurable for any, like it can't be good for her. If I'm like this, how can I push her out? You know? So I'm very open to all circumstances, but like last night we talked about, or like last week we talked about our fears and that was great. We like sat down and like, she was like, here's all the common fears. And then she was like, what's your fear? And then I started crying and I was like, I'm scared. And then it like brought up a lot for my husband. And he was like, you know, and I was, it ended up being this amazing therapy session. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is so great. Like we're just getting such quality time over like really understanding what this means for us in terms of like actually the process of getting birth. And so, you know, last night we had a long talk about what the hospital will be like and, and how she's like, you should bring two bags, like one for labor. And then when after labor, Davide brings that bag to the car and then he brings you your post-labor bag. And this is where you're like, yummy pajamas are. And like, yeah, she also was like, what was really cute. She was like to stay in your primal brain you need things that make you feel so comfortable. And she was like, what are the, you know, is there music? And I was like, oh, I'm not really concerned about, and I don't really need like the candles anywhere or whatever. And she was like, okay. And I was like, I just really want like Davide's cologne on my teddy bear. And I want my teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so now I feel like, oh, okay. And we talked about like, what'll be in the hospital bag. And I'm like, ah, oh, I just feel more like settled knowing like, okay. And she's like, I can come over here and help you pack it. And then we'll just make sure like, you can put some diapers in there if you want. Like, you know, here's what some people do. Here's what some people don't do. Like, here's what I would do. It just makes me feel very like informed. That's great to have that coaching. And I also love that you talk about sex while pregnant. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like people don't talk about it. And then like, because I never heard people talking about it, I was like, is it a thing? Does it happen? Um, so I love that you talk about that. I think it's great. Why not? It's different. <laughs> it's definitely different. It's definitely different. You've got to do some adjusting. Um, <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing. So. Final question. When do you feel most beautiful? When I wake up in the morning. Because I like I wake up and and like we always like smile at each other and he's always like, look at you. Like so I, I think my husband really likes me when I when I'm in like a vulnerable, like pure state. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I think I'm always so like go, go, go. And like and and when I am like really my most vulnerable, like at home in my little PJs when I wake up in the morning and he like really just like sees like that's Pia, like it feels really nice. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that answer. Well, thank you so much for coming on Naked Beauty. This was such a phenomenal episode. We touched on like so many things. This was like even better than I could have hoped for. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. 
Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Wasn't that just such an amazing conversation? I really adore and admire her. Let's get into this week's beauty question. And if you listened to today's episode and you loved it, and maybe you're new to the podcast, make sure that you're subscribed. New episodes every Monday. And of course, I have to give a shout out to the Instagram community, Naked Beauty Planet. That's where we talk all things beauty and talk about the show. And I share clips from each episode there as well. I'm also on YouTube now. So I will link to that in the show notes. But the show is on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com backslash Brooke DeVard and you can see video from all of my conversations as well. Okay, let's get into the beauty question. Hi, Brooke. I love your podcast. It's so informative and fun. I wanted to ask you if you have any recommendations for body products to diminish scars and discolorations, primarily from scrapes, as I'm an avid cyclist. I realize this is a grand question, but wondering if you have used or heard of anything that does work, ideally a clean product. Thank you, Anita. Okay. Love this question. I have so many scrapes and cuts up and down my leg. I do not know why or how they got there. She's saying it's from being a cyclist. I don't even have an excuse. I just, I've had them since childhood. I think I just like ran around a lot. So what I'm using on my legs, especially getting ready for summer is, is the faded treatment by topicals. Now I know this is like not that fair to recommend because I think Topicals has been sold out at Sephora, like back to back, back to back. It's a great product though. And I do feel like some of my dark marks on my legs are diminishing as I use this product. The other thing that you can do if you want something that really works is go to your dermatologist and get a hydroquinone prescription. Hydroquinone has been clinically proven to absolutely reduce dark marks on your legs. Now you said that you wanted something clean, This is something that we talked about in the episode with Charlotte Palmerino, just around like what clean means. I think you can use chemicals on your skin that are fine and don't cause damage. But I understand what you mean when you say you want something that is clean. So if you want something that's clean, the hydroquinone is probably not great. But then I think you should go for the topicals faded. If you can't get either of those, there is a product that I used to use. They sell it at drugstores. And this product is called Natanola. And it has worked for me in the past, especially if I've had like a cut or a scrape and I've put that on, it has visibly reduced the dark mark or scar. Natanola, I think it's like $10. You can order it online and a lot of drugstores have it. So those would be my tips for reducing those dark marks. But I think the number one thing that you should remember, if you have anything on your body that you don't want to darken or get worse over time in terms of like a cut or a scrape, you have to use sunscreen, especially as you're cycling and your legs are exposed. Make sure you've got a really good SPF between SPF 30 and SPF 50. Anything above that number is just marketing, but make sure you have like a good, I would do like an SPF 40 or 50. Make sure that the existing scars and marks that you have are being protected by the sun. That way they will not darken over time. All right. I hope this was helpful. Thank you guys all for listening. And again, if you have beauty questions, send them in to me. All right. See you next week. Hold up. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 